0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Sports Injury Central Pro Football Doc podcast, but we're going to be basketball heavy today, special guests in the football offseason, and we're thrilled to have Nick Wright on from Fox Sports, First Things First host and everywhere. Uh, Nick, welcome to the show and thank you.
1: Thank you. I, we've been trying to get this together for a while. I'm glad we're finally able to do it. Uh, You know, thank you. I should tell the audience, uh, Doc had no reason to do this. I think he's a nice guy. But about a year and a half ago, my son suffered a sports related injury. uh, He's in his early 20s and got, I think, some kind of got mixed advice from mixed doctors. And Doc was the tiebreaker and gay and it ended up working out perfectly. So thank you. And I'm glad to finally join you.
0: No, thank you so much. And um, been a big fan of yours. And uh, thanks for following along on what we do. Obviously, we do injury stuff. Well, let's go a bunch of different places. But I think the sure. first place to go is we're waking up to where I went to bed with Paul George stuff. Are you hearing yeah. anything on Paul George or anything? Uh, I mean, no, I haven't it?
1: heard anything that other than what everyone saw uh, since it happened. It didn't look good. I mean, you, you're obviously the expert in that, but it reminded me a bit of if you remember two years ago in the playoffs, yeah. Kawhi landed oddly. It didn't look as bad as Paul George's did, and then he missed, the, you know, the rest of that playoffs and all of the following season, and even at the beginning of this year, was on a load management thing, which I know you brought me on. Like I'm not supposed to ask you questions. But it was, that was odd to me because it seemed like there was a long time where ACL recovery got shorter and shorter and shorter. And now in the last few years with Jamal Murray and Kawhi Leonard, seems like in the NBA it's getting longer and longer. And obviously you hope that's not the case for Paul George. It would be a disaster for the Clippers. It would be sad for Paul's dealt with a lot of injuries over the latter half of his career. But it looked really bad just from an untrained eye for me.
0: Well, first of all, Nick, you know, I'm not a professional media guy. You are. And I'd love for you to ask questions okay. in the breakfast <laughs> part of the podcast. Yes. All right. Uh, we're all casual here. But, you know, who I would compare it to, uh, and we'll get to Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, when he took that au- awkward step in the playoffs, we were the only ones. I was the only one saying, oh, gosh, I'm worried for an ACL tear there, you yep. know, and that's what it turned out. And we'll talk about ACL recovery next and prolongation and probably in a load management discussion, right? That's probably yep. a huge topic that we should cover. But what Paul George's injury reminds me of, and I hope the outcome is the same, but I'm worried it's not, is actually Giannis.
1: From- oh, with Giannis, when it looked like he was done for months playoffs, and he missed right? two when he games.
0: his knee. Now, yep. there, I was wrong, Nick, because I didn't realize he had done a similar injury like that before. So one of the things is that we do with our staff is, look, I'm not sitting watching any every NBA game. We watch every NFL game from our war room and the whole deal. But people tweet at me video and our staff gets on it and we do research. And it's important to me the history. And the difference with Giannis is he had done something like that before. So he had – residual laxity in his knee and besides him being a superstar and tough and playing through injury he came back quickly in those playoffs quicker than I would have thought I don't think Paul George is coming back anytime soon and quite honestly I think he's more likely season done at this point in time given the hyper extension and more uh, by video and you know Nick it's just by video I have no of source I do know some medical staff on the Clippers, but I would never call them, right? And they would never tell me, that would be HIPAA. But by video only, there's worry for ligament damage, including an injury to the PCL and bone bruise. And yes, obviously he got you know gingerly walked off, carted to his car, crutches. Uh, this is at least multi-weeks. Look, if you told me right now, uh, Paul George is back at some point during the playoffs, if the, his team can advance, I'd say take it. Uh, I mean, I think this is a significant knee injury. I hope that's it's the kind that he can avoid surgery. And obviously if he had surgery, that would be putting next year in question. But this is significant in terms of your title pie, right? I mean, well,
1: right. So that's what I was gonna say. Like the, the Clippers are, you know, the West is insane right now in that the Clippers are the five seed. They have 35 losses. <laughs> The Pelicans are the 12 seed. They have 37 losses. So the, the I, are the Clippers going to fall out of the playoffs entirely? No, I wouldn't think so. But they lose last night by one point. Kawhi can't get a shot off at the very end. And that, is it re, truly in jeopardy that they fall to the play-in, which are do-or-die games? Absolutely it is. And in which case, if it's like, oh, bet, you know, we got good news on Paul George. He's available in four to six weeks because of the absence. It is, I would say, more likely than not that they are not playing in four to six weeks. Like that is this is they don't have a margin for error standings wise. And that team with Kawhi and Paul George has played great over the last six, eight weeks of the year. But with one of them out, I don't believe they have the depth to be able to go on any type of real playoff run. And they're in a really weird spot because even staying at the five line might not be attracted to them if Paul George is going to have to miss, say, round one, because the five line means you play Phoenix in round one, where Durant should be back, and that's a really tough matchup. So this is is a snake-bitten franchise, unfortunately, and last night seems to be more in line with that.
0: Okay, so let's talk about the NBA in general. There's no question there's yeah. all sorts of things to talk about. LeBron, if he can make it back. Lakers, what sure. we think is plantar fascia. But let's talk about the bigger subject, load management. Yeah, I mean, the NBA has taken a lot of grief for load management. And I have my own opinions. We can get to some of that. But I want to hear yours. But even with load management... The top stars in the league have been injured all season. I mean, well, so that, LeBron's so out that, now. Kevin Durant's yeah. out now. Kyrie Irving's out. Luka Doncic is out. Now Paul George. And, and, and there's the list goes on and on. Giannis has been in and out at different points in time. Pretty much every star in the league is either out now or has missed time this season yep. and that's with load management Steph Curry is back now but he's missed- it's
1: really uh, really just Embiid and Jokic are the only two and Embiid obviously was a huge injury risk but if you were to talk about the top 10 players in the league all of them have missed significant time Anthony Davis obviously yeah. Um, so here's my totally this is the analogy I always use and you can tell me if from a medical perspective is if this is as dumb as it sounds or if I'm on to something. Okay. So I went to college in Syracuse, New York, where the weather is just horrific. And about my second year there, I decided I'm not putting on my heavy, heavy winter coat until it drops beneath 35 degrees. I'm going to try to brave it out that way when it gets unbearably cold, I can act like I'm going to toughen, you know, thicken my blood as they say, whatever it is. That way, if I if I'm wearing my heaviest coat when it's 40, then when it's 20, I have no extra thing to do. And I'm miserable. Now, maybe that's dumb and maybe there's but in at least psychologically, it helped me. OK, so here's why I bring that up in load management. We have seen in baseball and in basketball that teams have gotten over the last 10 to 15 years exponentially more cautious with injuries way more cautious with low you know load management didn't even exist 15 years ago and in you know I don't have the exact data but just from watching the league my whole life it not only does it not seem like it has cut down on injuries seems like guys are dealing with stuff as much now as ever if not maybe a little more. So the question that I would have is, is there something to if you play through a little discomfort or a little pain, not, you know what I mean, through the Kevin Durant thing from five years ago where his Achilles was hanging by a thread, that you then have the ability to sustain, you know, what in a way that you don't if every time you're dinged, the team says take four days, take five days. Because it it, it, it it seems, it's unfathomable to me that guys of not, and I'm not talking about 40 years ago, got 10 years ago, everybody played 72 or more games. And now would everyone play 82 like they did in the 80s and 90s? No, but guys would play, you know, you look at LeBron's game log, and LeBron might be an outlier, but hell, anybody that didn't have a long injury history, They were playing 74, 75, 76 games a year. They'd have a few games off, you know, assuming they were healthy. Now nobody does. And it seems to have led to more injuries. So is there something to kind of building up a body's ability to deal with it? Or is what they're doing right now smart and they've just been unlucky?
0: Well, you make a good point, uh, but, you know, your story about the jacket reminds me. I had a kid in college in Boston. You were in Kansas City, so it was still cold. I've been to Kansas City. It's yeah. cold, there, right? it's cold I've, there. I've been to yeah. some cold games in Kansas yeah. City. But coming from Southern California, I had a friend who his entire college career in Boston wore shorts. Yeah. <laughs> and and he like said it was tough enough. It actually paid off for him because he ended up being a championship long-distance rough water swimmer, and he got used to Oh, that. wow. That's another story. That's an acclimation thing. But – I think it depends on the individual circumstances. I hate it when people paint a broad brush. Look, uh, should people do unpadded practices in football uh, later in the season? It depends. You have a young team, an old team. Is it a veteran? Is, I yeah. mean, it depends. So I think there are times where your theory could play a role. But I think there's also the theory that these guys, these athletes nowadays, they're bigger, stronger, faster, jump higher. But guess what? their ACL and their Achilles tendon is not any bigger than yours or mine. Right. And okay. so it's like an Indy car or off-road racing, whatever you want to call it, revving engines high with the same suspension on the cars that you and I drive. Right. Okay. And so yeah. they break down more. And also I think some of it is it's the health and safety era before it was, Oh, you got ding play through. Right. I mean, we've seen it in a lot of other sports. Look, load management is here, yet it's not doing enough. So some people might say, get rid of load management. And some might say, you need more because they're still getting injured because it's the high motor rev, etc." The only thing I would say in defense of the NBA, besides in all sports and all leagues, bigger, stronger, faster, the NBA isn't the only league that does load management, and they just get singled out for it. And I get it. Little Johnny goes to a game and the star player doesn't yeah. play. I, I get why they get dinged for it. But I always have this theory. You don't have to be faster than the bear. Just faster than the guy next to you. You just can't right. be the slowest runner in the room. For concussions, the NFL was the slowest runner in the room. They got hammered for it. For steroids, baseball. I mean, steroids happened in other leagues too. But baseball got hammered. They were the slowest runner. Load management, NBA is the target here. Look, in baseball, we know there's load management. Now people have five- and six-man rotation. When I was growing up, it was a four-man rotation, and your closer went the eighth and ninth inning, and sometimes the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. And now it's just the ninth inning, just the eighth inning, just the seventh inning guy. Baseball has it all the time in platooning long season. Football has it too.
1: I I also think the NBA has made a decision, a conscious decision, that there's pros and cons to, which is, more than any other sport it markets its stars and if you're going to be a sport that is more about the individual player than the team as a whole then it is way worse for you if that individual player is not out there and so like i don't the in you know and i you said the little johnny going to the game and i know that's what everyone goes to but that's a real thing so like I, i'm a net season ticket holder and it, I feel sick when we go to a game against a team that everyone's there to see, you know what I mean, the star on the other team, and that guy's not playing, and there's really no way to anticipate it. I I have said for a long time that I think the that the NBA should, edict is too strong, but put a very strong incentive for teams that if they have to load manage star players, do it at home games, do it. You have 41 home games and that way there is now it'll still happen where this is my one time going to a home, you know, a, a home game for my team. I get that, but it's, you know, the job with well, jaws, jaws, wasn't hurt. Jaws was dealing with something else, but I'll use a different example. Uh, Steph Curry will, if you play in the Eastern conference, Steph comes to your city once a year and you have one opportunity to see him and you're, you know, you're not going to play him in the playoffs. And so I do think there's that. I also, I know people have said, cut the season down. My concern with that is I think guys would just load me. I I think that unless there are like, if, if, if it's a 72 game season and guys right now are missing 10 games and playing 72, I think they'll still miss 10 games and play 62. And it has to be – everybody brings up the, oh, well, guys, you know, because Jordan and the Bulls and those teams, they didn't load man's. They were fine. But that's – they were able to get away with that in a degree, to a degree, because no one was doing it. As soon as one team does it, if it does increase postseason performance, then every team – is incentivized to file suit. So the Spurs are really, you know, the patient zero of this. The Spurs started this 10, 12 years ago. And then if you're competing with the Spurs, you're going to beat them in the playoffs. You then want your guys to be as fresh, and then it becomes cyclical.
0: No question. And, you know, it's a copycat world in league, and the Bulls aren't doing it back in their heyday. And yep. by the way, uh, I helped out with the Bulls a little bit back in the day. My mentor at the time, John Heffernan, was the Bulls team doctor featured on Last Dance, et cetera. Oh, yeah. And he's part of our Sports Injury Central uh, staff. And let me tell you, he would say, look, the reason why Bill Belichick and Tom Brady worked is if Bill could dress down Tom Brady and he took it the other players better fall in line. Sure. For the Bulls, if Michael Jordan never took a day off, and then he would personally can. give you grief for taking a day off, nobody's taking a day off, right? It comes yeah. from the leadership from within at there, and uh, Michael was a different breed, right? Just like yeah. Tom and the, and the whole deal. So there's no question about that. And you make an interesting point about playing at home, but perhaps if the NBA took a little more of an edict of, what the nfl does now the nfl is different right each game is worth five nba games so if you yes. sit the second quarter that is load management but i don't know if there's a way to say steph curry you brought up his name instead of playing one game and a hunt the whole game and then sitting the next maybe playing half of one game and half of the next i don't so know here's the you
1: problem know. for that and this is where so a lot of the load management stuff comes from the team down players want to play and the team's cautious but what you're talking about, there would be massive player resistance because of your numbers. So mm. if you don't play in a game, it doesn't hurt your stats. It's not like you get zeros yeah. across the board. You get in slash A's. Mm. So if you're like, okay, you've got 40 minutes of basketball to play on Wednesday and Thursday, play 20 in each game, star players – are going to push back against that massively because it's like, no, then I'm going to have 15 points in one game, 13 in the other. No, I'd rather play one game, get 28 and keep my numbers up. Mm -hmm. And so that's like a, that's a real, and and I've heard, I think it was Jalen Rose years ago. I'm not sure. Somebody suggested that if a player is a healthy scratch load management that they should count in the stat sheet as one minute zero 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 zero, and then guys wouldn't want to do it. You know what I mean? Then guys would say, well no, I'm not doing that. So I it's tricky. It's really tricky in the NBA because I've thought something similar about can you play, can you give me 10 minutes? You know what I mean? Even if you can't forget just sitting the second quarter, can you give me eight minutes in the fourth quarter rather than zero minutes? And, but I've also heard LeBron say, and LeBron is again, a special breed, but I've heard LeBron say, it is not for me about how many minutes I play. It's about, am I playing or am I not? Because the process of getting myself ready, my body ready, going through all of that throughout the day is really where the wear and tear is more than if I'm playing 38 minutes or 28 minutes. And so I don't, you know, I think there might be some pushback in that regard as well.
0: No, I I get it. And I think it's a complex issue that the NBA is going to have to tackle. And really, the main thing is, you know, like, as we talked about, it seems like all the stars basically have been injured. The the one main star, one of the two is Embiid, and he's the one who's been chronically injured. Yeah, there's the irony, irony in all of that. All right, uh, Nick. Thank you so much. We could probably go on for a whole hour here. I yep. know your time is limited, and I got to take the kids to school here. Well, we'll do it again. I'd it's love to do great. it again, and uh, you know, enjoy ch- chatting with you and uh, your takes. One final question for you. Sure. How is it a kid who you grew up in Kansas City? Yeah. Okay. My son is a huge Chiefs fan. Patrick Mahomes. He's ten. You know the whole deal. How is it you grew up in Kansas City where there was no NBA basketball and the chiefs are there and you're a, like a bigger NBA guy. You do NFL too, but
2: how,
1: how- uh, so oh. that, you know, it's interesting. I basket the, because I, on our show, we do probably 60% NFL, 35% NBA and then 5% everything else. You know what I mean? All college sports, baseball, everything is in that other 5%. Um, But basketball was the sport I played basketball was the sport growing up that i truly loved the chiefs just broke my heart as a kid and you know really good teams in the 90s and playoff failure um and so that you know that i was basketball was when i was your son's age i was convinced i was going to be in the nba and then once i realized i was not which luckily i realized that probably around 12 13 years old I just kind of turned my attention to learning as much about it as I could watching and wanting to broadcast it. And so I, the, and basketball's massive in Kansas city, but it's college basketball. That's huge because of the Kansas Jayhawks. Um, But I, I've just always, I think it's the, I think it's the best athletes in the world. And now I kind of get the best of both worlds because I do love the NFL and the most talented player ever plays for my team and so i get you know what i mean we get i always the i joke with people that on the tv show we we do the nba or we do the nfl from august through february we do the nba from march through uh the end of june and then we take some vacation in july and then we start <laughs> the whole thing over again
0: all right final question Humor me here yeah. uh, off sure. off of sports I've been to Kansas City a bunch, right? We played the Chiefs when I was with the Chargers, the whole deal. And Kansas City is in, I mean, people Missouri, Missouri, right? Kansas City is basically in Missouri. It's on the border of Kansas, so it's called Kansas City, Missouri. But there's also a Kansas City, Kansas, right? Across the river. And we've stayed there sometimes. And I've never got anyone from Kansas City to answer this question. So I'll ask you. Okay. Why is it the Kansas side- is not called Missouri City.
1: Well, so here's why. the <laughs> there, there actually oddly is a Missouri City, Texas. But what people don't know is this. The state of Kansas was named after the city of Kansas City. So uh-huh. it's not the other way around. Kansas City was there first. And then the state of Kansas, that's where it got its name from. And then in Kansas City, Kansas is is kind of a tougher area. Not a, the, the, when people say Kansas City, they mean the Missouri side, but it is the state of Kansas that's because I'm listen. My dad was a Kansas City, Missouri firefighter, so I had to live in the city. I lived in the city limits of Kansas City my whole life uh, before I you know moved off for college. Uh, so yeah, I'm the I'm not a Kansan. I had nothing to do with the Kansas folks. I'm a Missourian. That lives in cancer. Or that well, it took
0: asking Nick Wright. I mean, I've asked hundreds of people that yeah, nobody knows, crazy. everybody That's thinks think they're like, oh, it's like, silly.
1: No, it's the state of Kansas was trying to glide off the reputation of my great hometown, Kansas City, Missouri. All right,
0: uh, I got other of these silly questions. I, I won't ask you what a Hoosier is, but that's a whole.
1: I don't know the <laughs> answer. To that. I don't know.
0: All right, thank you, Nick, and uh, we'll take a break, and we'll be re- back with the rest of the podcast. Great guest, worth the wait this week. I appreciate you and love to have you back anytime, and happy to return any favors.
1: Absolutely, thank you. Let's talk to you later, Doc.
0: All right, welcome back to the Sports Injury Central Pro Football Doc podcast. Here we could have talked to Nick Wright for quite a while there, but uh, timing and uh, we have the boys here, uh, Jacob's here, Justin's in the background, and uh, we have Mr. Statue of Liberty, uh, Taylor here. Uh, is that like a pre programmed background you have there, or is the special order Statue of Liberty or something? What are those horns? I you move
2: like on? this, I, I see, you see that you see the little <laughs> light right there, so I gotta not move. Like a Statue of Liberty, yeah.
0: <laughs> you have a torch in your hand or
2: something? Something like that? Oh, I can't even, I can't do it right. Yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, lots to talk about. March Madness, more NBA, NFL. Uh, I'll let Jacob lead the show here. What are we, where are we going to go? Uh,
3: go with the Syracuse Connection and Nick Wright. Uh, Sean Tucker's making headlines right now with the M- NFL uh Reportedly wasn't cleared for the combine, did his own combine and posted that. Although uh, not sure how seriously Scouts take that. Well, let me give you my impression on that. First of all,
0: kudos to the combines. Kudos to the NFL. Kudos to NFL teams. I'm glad there was no leak of his medical. It used to be there was always a leak of medical. It used to be there was a leak of Wonderlick scores. I'm glad the league has clamped down upon that. There's no reason to publish anyone's Wonderlick scores. The team knows what it is or isn't. It has a chance to test out players, quarterbacks, etc. cetera. And there's no reason to shame anybody. There's no reason to ruin a guy's career. As long as the teams get the data, they know, and there's no reason to, to do uh, to leak that stuff. And some of you may say, well, Doc, you quote leaked stuff. No, I and we opine on publicly available information. Um, I think I told, I guess I did I mean, in Miami, I met Tua after his hip thing and talked to his parents briefly as a hello. I saw him leave Radio Row Convention Center and limp. Um, I'll admit I videoed it, but I was like, I'm not showing this to the world. It's unfair, right? That's like spying on somebody. And right. besides, I believe he ultimately would be fine, which which he was. So we analyze things but you know, the Jalen Smith thing we talked about is because he put it out on his social media that he was fine. So right. it makes it fair game, but that's number one. I'm glad that whatever Sean Tucker has, that it has remained quiet. Statistically, it's likely cardiac in nature. I don't know, no idea. Typically every year there's usually two, no more than five players that get excluded at combines and aren't allowed to work out because there's some sort of heart issue discovered. That doesn't mean that they're forever ruled out. They're just saying for tomorrow or the next day there's a question mark. And if there is a 0.001% chance of sudden death or some sort of cardiac event, it's right to rule them out till you get it worked out. I guess it's disappointing for players and the whole deal. But we've had lots of examples. Um, Maurice Hurst, Mm -hmm. I remember what year that was.
2: Um, Where is he now,
0: by the way, Hurst?
2: He shifted around. He was on the Niners a couple of years ago. Let me see exactly where he is. My, my point
0: is, I remember there was a scout that whispered to some media person that it was irresponsible for a team to draft Maurice Hurst from a medical perspective. Like his life in Jeopardy. Cleveland um, Brown. Is he a good draft pick? That's a different story. But certainly he's been, I don't know, a handful of years in the league now. Was he a good draft pick or not? Uh, Depends on, you know, his play and talent. But it certainly wasn't a travesty to his health to be drafted and play in the NFL. And so a lot of these things can get cleared. I hope Sean Tucker gets cleared. But you're right. No one cares about a social media workout. Look, he's going to undoubtedly go to recheck combines, which happens a little before the draft back in India. Hopefully he's cleared by then. Um, I'm a little worried that his agent or they haven't said that uh, he is already cleared and the combine rechecks will prove it. Hopefully it's just taking time. Look, uh, doctors don't trust a private physician's medical report. They want to see the MRI examine the player themselves. A scout is not gonna trust someone else's stopwatch mm. time, yeah. and and this is how uh, obsessed they are. For example, the people who watched on a video saw me do this. You know, when I've used a stopwatch, it's always this, right? How do you use a stopwatch? This or this? With the thumb, yeah, yeah, the thumb, thumb. Thumb, thumb. No scout uses their thumb. Really. Thumb's too the slow. Timing and the speed of your index finger yeah, is yeah. a millisecond more accurate in, than your thumb. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Go watch them next time. They all yeah. use their index finger. Makes That's sense. how crazy they are, and in a good way, right? They're they're yeah. good in their craft. And. And I bring that up because people probably say, what is he doing? Is he taking an old school picture you know, with a camera instead of the camera phone? No, that's how they do the stopwatches with their index finger, not their stopwatch.
3: Um, well, as I was going to mention before the leukemia diagnosis, John Mechie had a little, uh, we detailed the, the heart concern for John Mechie, but he was eventually cleared too and drafted and through all the physical process, they found found the leukemia and stuff. So, Thankfully,
0: the majority of the time when you're ruled out, at Combine, you end up passing. Not every time, but the majority. So we'll see on Sean Tucker. To me, what was interesting is he posted this online, yet at basically the same time, Syracuse had their pro day. Right. (laughs) Do you think Syracuse didn't want him to work out at their pro day? I mean, look, he's one of the star players, right? I don't know how many Syracuse had at their pro day in terms of players or scouts, but I would have to think that if Sean Tucker had passed his physical, Syracuse would let him work out at their pro day. It seems like either they didn't or Tucker didn't want to be there. I don't know. seems like they didn't. Right. So that seems to be a lingering question is all hopefully he'll be fine, but I'm just saying no one's believing stopwatch times put up by somebody else. They wanna see it with their own eyes. Maybe the kid can get cleared and and do another in-person workout, special workout, drive to another school's pro day and, and participate. Let's see what happens. But right now there's big question marks.
2: Yeah. There was NFL was scout and a bunch of people at the Syracuse, uh, um, pro day. So it would have been good for him to be there. So there is a, there, like you said, there is obviously something going on for him not to be at the pro day. No, I don't know. Maybe
0: he's, you know, dropped out of school to train and he's training in Florida and it was too hard for him to fly back. I, I don't know, but right. to me, it's interesting that he wasn't there for sure.
3: Uh, the other switching gears a little bit, but, um, saw a report last week that someone met with uh, Tamar Hamlin and he's, he intends to come back as a uh, detailed early on that, that he would have a choice. So keeps being yeah, better. I better mean, news. we were
0: very early on. Look, we waited until he was out of the hospital and waited for the dust to settle, but it was always our opinion and not just mine. I'm an orthopedist and talking to Dr. Ezon and our other pro sports team docs that made me know more about cardiology. Look, I'm not a cardiologist, but look, if you're in-house counsel as an attorney for a firm, you may not be a tax attorney. You not, may not be a litigator. You may not be a contracts guy, but you're responsible for overseeing all those specialty attorneys. Right. And that's what I was responsible for as a head team position. So I got involved in concussions and heart issues and other things from a medical supervisory standpoint, although it wasn't my direct opinion, it was my job to uh, cultivate the different opinions and come to a reasonable conclusion for the team. And that's what I'm doing for John Q. Public here. And with Demar Hamlin, it was always the opinion of Sports Injury Central, based on this process, that he would have the option to return to play from a health perspective. Now, whether he chose to play is going to be up to him, uh, and uh, I'm not saying this in a negative way. Sometimes going through this is traumatic enough that you just don't want to. Sometimes maybe mom says, "Hey, just don't put me through that." And and quite honestly, I think he has a lot of other opportunities too. So, you know, but the good news is he'll have a choice. Has always been our belief. Uh, the NFLPA doctor Tom Mayer said it. A couple of weeks ago, emphatically, that he's guaranteed to return to play, right. that he will be cleared of the whole deal. Maybe he knows more than I do. I haven't looked at any records and uh, for DeMar Hamlin. I don't know. But from analysis from afar, I always felt that he could. And um, good to hear that he has the option, right? And uh, I hope he makes the best decision for him.
3: All right. On the March Madness, uh, had our Sweet 16 injury guide. We've been detailing it from before the tournament. Uh, Marcus Sasser surprised some on uh, offense, breaking out with 22 points. Still still think the groin's a big deal, though, right, Doc? Look,
0: the six scores for some of these players are tricky, right? Because we were assigning one score. And look, uh, there's the chance of reaggravation. Clearly, Marcus Sasser did better than we had thought in the uh, second round game. He scored 22 points, but he wasn't himself. He sat out at three point land and hit some threes. He's a great player. He didn't slash and drive as much and he didn't play as much defense, right? Right. So if you look at his stat line, you know, he should have been in the nineties. If you look at his overall play, I don't think he was low as we put him at. We were more worried that groin injury was going to be a big deal, um, and uh, um, so we'll we'll kind of uh, uh, raise his number a little bit here. He's got another week, but I still don't think he's a hundred percent. But he certainly is a lot better here.
3: Yeah, they get a big matchup against Miami, who uh, Norchad O'Meara came in the tournament with the right ankle sprain. He he out. Performed himself a little bit with uh, 17 boards in 26 minutes last game.
0: Well, I agree with that too. And um, I think that's our bad, my bad. I didn't watch enough college basketball. That guy, by size and strength, is a man among boys. No one's
2: getting boards I mean, except him out there, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean... <laughs> He didn't have to be that mobile in Sky that much, but just by blocking out and boxing out and being big and strong, I think he falls into a lot of rebounds. Uh, yeah, no one's
3: moving him ankle or not.
2: Well,
0: I, I, you know, and hope Miami's going to be smart enough to protect him, right? But you want him moving and running off picks and screens and other things defensively. I do have
2: a question on that, Doc. He hasn't hit his point total since he's come back. I know we were leaning on maybe the rebounds being an issue. Is it now maybe the points instead? Maybe he's not able to use his athletic body and get to the spaces inside that he can score easily or his spots? because Well,
0: typically uh, for Sasser as a three-point shooter, you're posting up and your team around you is kicking out and creating your space. Right, it's, There aren't that many people, maybe James Harden, Steph Curry's, that do step-back threes and create their own space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually the team creates your space, and that helps when you have an injury. right? Yeah. If Norchad or Amir, if he has to create his own space to get his shot off, I think that is what potentially translates to poorer point production. Whereas, you know, uh, my son lost his championship 10-year-old basketball game And I think one of the reasons that I think they didn't quite make it over them, they overperformed, they did great, is I don't think they boxed out as well. I mean, to me, when I played ball and was taught, like, doesn't matter, you don't need to high point the ball on the rebound. You just need to keep the other guy from getting it. We don't care. If you do a great job boxing out, the ball can hit the floor and it's still yours.
3: That's coach's dream. It bounces twice and
0: someone grabs it. As long as if everyone's boxing out, uh, the ball can hit the floor and you're okay, yep. right? I mean, but we digress. But uh, Norchadomir did a did a great job.
2: He did play ten minute ten minutes less than he did in the first round. Um, that's also because they were winning by a lot the against Indiana, Indiana. So hopefully he is well rested too, right? He played. 36 uh, and and his arrow is
0: going to be up, right? Because yeah. Of yeah. his ankle. Uh, Sasser's up because I think we grading him a little bit too low so he could
2: score. but his defense he's a two-way player right but that groin isn't going away right. O'Leary
3: right is getting healthier uh another key injury matchup i'm looking at uh ucla against gonzaga um david singleton his his ankle went parallel to the court not good he still was limping around the bench a lot of people are uh thinking that he's going to give it a go in the game he he after the game just he said that oh, was, was a simple, yeah. simple ankle roll <laughs> Yeah. So, what are what are we expecting from him against Gonzaga?
0: You got to understand. As much as sometimes colleges get grief, it's nil and whatever. Here's the thing: how many people playing in this March Madness in the Sweet 16? How many of those players will become NBA players and be drafted? One percent. Two
2: percent. Yeah, I mean,
0: even of the players that are left, not very many. Right. Okay. It's different in football. If you took any bowl game, okay. If you took just the college football playoffs, four teams, there's probably
2: two dozen players that are being drafted for the NFL. You're at ten percent, maybe, in that four game. Yeah, that four playoffs. Yeah, in the in the top four, right? Right. 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 And
0: and even. Non top four, there are NFL prospects, and this is why some players sit out bowl games, right? Etc. The NBA, the draft is two rounds, yeah. and if you're a second rounder, it's kind of a for the most part a throw in. A late first rounder is almost a throw in, right? It's the hardest league to make the next jump. Mm. And so this March Madness is their Super Bowl. So everyone's going to try and play through. And remember, there are no roster restrictions, right? In the NFL, you activate your 46 and whatever, and each spot is precious. We've seen it in college football. Blake Corum, he's dressed, he's fine. Oh, no, he's really not getting any carries. You can put a 100 people on the sidelines in college. Basketball, there's no roster limitation if he can do anything you suit him up and see what happens and, and right. can he play right so will singleton play i think he will how well and what he does is a different story could he stand out at the three-point line and hit shots like he has been he could uh you know if his season-long percentage is 33 percent from three i don't know what it is i'm making it up maybe right. he's at 25 percent you know it's small sample size right it's going to affect him a little bit is he going to be able to slash and drive i don't know that he does that a lot anyways no not really is he going to play defense that's where the rubber is going to meet the road i think he's going to end up with minutes restrictions because he can't play defense like he did before even if he tries to play but this is their super
2: bowl man they're going to everybody's going to try and play 43% percent 3 three-point shooter doc um oh well So if he drops a thirty-three, yes, very good. He's a very good three-point shooter. Forty-three is awesome. Yeah, he's a very good three-point shooter. (laughs)
0: That's my bad. I should have thought he was in the forties because the college line is so much closer. Yeah. yeah, Yes. Right. Three and D guys
2: specifically is good at that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, three and D. The threes will be all right. The D, not so much. Which will Uh, his
2: his teammate. And also, Adam Bona, what he's playing with the uh, uh, re-aggravation of the dislocation of his shoulder on the dunk. How do you see he's going to uh, affect me? It'll be the
0: is? same. I mean, like, it'll be more one-armed, right? I mean, the yeah, two-handed dunk, right? yeah, yeah. you're not going to do that anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's hard to, to, to put a it's brace in or it. strap on because it limits your motion so much for basketball. So, uh, yeah, it's going to affect him. He's going to play, but uh, he's going to be more one- when armed, I mean, look, uh, Gonzaga had the right scouting, and I don't know that any team really does medical analytic scouting. Uh, do you want to take him off the dribble on that side? Because he's not going to be able to block your shot with his left arm. Right. Uh, and to cross over <laughs> the right arm, you don't get as much reach. Right. right? And so that's where he's going to be vulnerable there.
2: So Jaden Clark's already out already, right, with the Achilles. That's probably their three best defensive players, and this is probably the biggest matchup for them now, right, going deep into the thing. So it's probably this is the the game that might affect them the most, right, Doc having all three of these guys affected.
3: Well, you know. Led the country in scoring 87 and a half a game, so.
2: This is the matchup. <laughs> this is the one to see how how much these injuries have affected their defense. Well, right?
0: I mean UCLA's done very well. They're right. some people think they're one of the favorites, right? But they they're yeah. just very talented. But will it finally catch up to them? That's the question here. And you're right, three guys, but more importantly, three guys late season, no yes. time to adjust. It all affecting the defense too. Yeah, and uh, Clark is obviously out. Um, the shoulder's going to play, you know, you saw what he did before. He's going to continue. And then obviously Singleton defensively will be the bigger question mark than offensively.
3: Yeah. The last one, uh, Brandon Miller from Alabama going against uh, my Aztecs. Uh, hopefully, uh, I mean, we, we talked about him uh, previously on an article that his, his length and frame make his groin not, not as big a concern because he can still be, Uh, Yeah, less of a concern than Sasser, but obviously Sasser found a way around it too. But, uh, you know, uh, what do you think? Aztec's going to get it done? Uh, If we can score more than 50, I don't know. We we did against Furman, but Alabama's a different beast, so (laughs) (laughs) it'll be tough. Uh, Moving on to baseball, we got a season kicking off in, what, eight days now, nine days now? Sneaking up on us, so uh, obviously the big... Big recent topic is Bryce Harper not not going on the 60-day IL. Is that a surprising move? Is that expected? I mean,
0: Bryce Harper tore his own collateral ligament in season, right? Yeah.
2: Beginning of, the season. Beginning of the season, yeah.
0: Beginning of the season, and he finished the season as a DH. So why is anyone surprised he's not going on the 60-day IL? Shohei Watani, who last night... World baseball classic, blah, blah, blah. That was yeah. kind of cool that he faced Mike Trout. I thought that was kind of cool.
2: That was very cool. It's just funny the people that they say they're like, oh, if they were on the same team, they'd be winning because <laughs> they don't they don't <laughs> win together on the Angels. So that's the joke, right? But yeah, that that's we'll what to make another championship. Facing each other, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, the bottom line is um, uh, what was I saying there? His, uh, his, Ohtani. his, oh, oh Bryce Harper, work. yeah. yeah. Otani had an oral collateral ligament tear. Yep. People forget that. And surgery. And he returned pretty early as a DH, mm-hmm. but didn't pitch for much longer. Bryce Harper, the reason he's not going a 60-day IL is, A, he's Bryce Harper. And if you can get him back quicker, you need him. B, they can DH him again, right? I mean, look, yeah. last year... If there was no DH rule, new DH rule in the National League, maybe they would have to put him down. So probably is a good thing that the, the baseball did that. You want Bryce Harper in there, right? So I don't think he's going to be ready to go and throw guys out at home plate starting at the beginning of the season. Uh, that may not happen until fairly late in the season, if at all. Yeah. Um, DH and could he do some spot roles and? In right field, maybe, and, and we had an offline discussion of how many effort high effort throws do you make from right yeah. field in a given yeah. game? Yeah. At most one, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to toss the ball around, but high effort throw a guy out at third base or home plate from 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 uh, right field at, mo- at most once a game, right? So yeah.
3: it doesn't surprise me. Bryce Harper will be able to hit, and uh, with the Astros, Altuve out the two months with the the thumb break. The one I'm watching, we've been watching from last year's Jordan Alvarez. They they said he's he progressed to on-the-field hitting and he's gonna make his spring training debut on Thursday, I believe.
0: Well, look, Altuve first. It actually hit his left hand, it seemed like, then hit his right thumb. Yeah, My thumb right thumb is better than left thumb. And um, it looks like it's more a fracture at the tip. Yes, he had surgery. But I'm believing that eight week at most ten week timeline. I think he will be back right on schedule.
2: The one thing uh, I noticed about that injury, Doc, and I think it also agrees with us, is that their win total didn't drop at all. So this injury they're seeing too, as well. It's not. It shouldn't affect them too deep into the season, and it's a long season. Yeah, but it's, he's
0: still going to miss uh, I don't know six weeks of the season, right? right. Because he got injured, but with about two weeks of spring training left, roughly, right um alvarez look i'm not we're not trying to say doom and gloom but what do we always say we hate it when injuries from one season leak into the next well this has done that for him now now it's not the season yet but it's leaked into spring training so We'll have to see what happens, but that is a big question mark. I
2: think that's a big issue because he. Well, we've been doing drafts more and more because it's starting to come up, starting to understand the stats and stuff, and he's a top five, seven pick every single draft, first round. So if people are doing that and he's not going to be 100%, that's a huge issue, especially like you're saying, it's lingering into the season from last.
0: Uh, You know me, I don't draft fantasy baseball stuff, but if I did
2: – I haven't gotten into baseball yet, I would hope he
0: doesn't fall, fall to my spot. <laughs> I, mean, I hope I have yeah. another
2: option. <laughs> and then we won't know if he's hurt or not. Right. No one has the red thing next to their player. right?
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, I, so I'm, I'm hoping that the guy in front of me takes him. In, yeah. <laughs> if I'm in a draft.
3: Well, I'd just be superhuman if, I mean, even if he doesn't miss time, I don't know how you don't go through spring training at all, have a week and then start the season hitting the way he's supposed to hit. So his first day was the
2: other day, right? His first day was literally—it's been a whole spring training for this whole month, right? His first day was the other day, and they're already saying in the headline, "Opener is in doubt." So it's like I said, it's already leaking into the first day of the season. It seems like it's already going to be an issue. It's just we haven't seen how much yet. Right? I,
0: I think it was my guy Dusty Baker in the beginning when they talked about this. Oh, no big deal. It's nothing. Yep. It's just precautionary, yep. precautionary yeah. for basically all spring training now, right? Yeah. And, yes. So... Exactly. We'll see. Kinda, well, if he does very well, uh, game one without spring training, maybe there's a new model, right? <laughs> Who needs all the that? spring training? To just go.
3: Uh, got a few Padres injuries to get to, and then we'll get to the beast of the week. Uh, Juan Soto with the mild quote, mild oblique. Echoes in my head We're, that the only mild mild oblique is to someone on the other team, right? Yeah, there's no such thing for a hitter.
2: Yeah, I don't know about
3: a I mean, the torque. Now, I
2: think
0: he's left oblique which yes. might be a little bit better than right since he's a left-handed hitter. But still, it's an issue. It's something to be uh, watchful. So mild in his favor, left side in his favor, but something to watch early season. But uh, he should get better. Uh, he'll be okay. Tatis has done okay so far, I think, yes. Yeah, which is good. And then uh, Musgrove with the toe. I think he's right on track from what we said from the beginning. He lost his toenail, distal tip, kettlebell injury. We said from right when it happened, he's missing the start of the season. Mm-hmm. And I think that's becoming clear now. That's fine, yeah. But I think he's back in April.
3: In yeah, yeah, the month
0: of April. Starts. But he's going to miss the start of the season. Uh, he, once he gets going, he needs the ramp up time as a pitcher, but I'm optimistic. He pitches in April, but certainly he's missing, missing the opener and the the initial rotations that he has.
3: And, uh, catcher Austin Nola got hit in the face the other day, going to have no surgery. Any, they, they're saying the opener is a doubt for him, but any concerns over that?
0: Well, um, you know, when he does play, he's going to need to wear a mask. Oh, wait, he does. Anyway.
2: <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: look, I, 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 look, it's scary to take a ball off the nose and the nose is actually pretty easy to fracture. And even when it's broken, it's very rare to quote, need surgery. And the surgery usually is to quote, put the nose back yeah. into place. It's not plate and screws. He wears protection anyways. He can wear protect, look, uh. Uh, I know it affects your vision if you wear too much protection when you're at bat. Right, uh, that's an adjustment. Um, uh, I, I don't see why he can't make the opener unless there's some, there's a lot of swelling or, and also, you know, they can play Camposano and he's
2: yes, there you go. Then exactly. getting
0: the reps yeah. right, and so it may be something where. Okay, here's a guy with some swelling. He's got to have different face gear on, and he's missed a week or more of reps where Caposano's ready to go. There's no reason to rush Nola, but I don't see this being long-term.
2: Caposano's better than him anyways, but it's okay. (laughs) We'll we'll wait and see that. No, they actually have a really good third-string catcher too, uh, Pedro Severino, who actually started for multiple years too. So there will be okay, I think. Just let Nola be 100% and let those two uh, guys – fill in
0: till he's ready um look uh if uh going back to bryce harper if bryce harper broke his nose he'd be playing yeah, <laughs> it's true. bryce harper
2: okay.
3: uh piece of the week i got the uh director of media relations for fairly dickinson the uh 16 seed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> best in purdue he's a junior junior at the universities leading their uh media relations that's who does he know stuff.
0: Do, do <laughs> you look? Do do you know the story there? I mean, I, 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 look, was he? Is there like, first of all, is this a paid position? Is this like an internship uh, slash class? Like right, you know, he's right, taking I media see. and and he got the role. Is this is like this? Is this like the school newspaper? You know, I, I guarantee. I, know
3: where... I guarantee this is the most media attention fairly Dickinson's ever gotten. So he's. Uh, I mean, I mean is crazy it basketball. normal
0: that it's always a student that's the media director? Right. Have, have they always been just saving money there and and never had one? Um, that's a pretty, pretty a big job. Of-
2: that's a pretty big job at most schools, right? That's a yeah. pretty top lot of work job. A lot of paperwork.
0: I, I think it is, but I mean, how many beat reporters cover Farley Dickinson? Oh uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> my guess is they've had more attention in this last week than they had the entire history of their school in terms Just of a hundred
3: for sure. Once yeah,
2: once out in the tournament, they better have been ramping up. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> no, I mean uh, I, they didn't but, win the conference. I mean, there's. Uh, you know me; I like to hear the backstory. You guys probably yeah. thought it silly that I asked Nick Wright about Kansas City, but I'm glad he had an answer. Uh, First I like answer that ever made sense. Oh, it's good. <laughs> now you can take
3: that answer to everyone you've been asking.
0: <laughs> I, I've asked a lot of people, and everyone just looks at me like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah. No one, no one's ever had an answer, but he, he that was a good answer. There was no, there was no yeah. state of Kansas. Um, all right. Now, my follow up, and I didn't want to go off the rails, is then if there's no state of Kansas, why was it called Kansas City? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, where did they come at? Where did they come that?
2: <laughs> no answer for that.
0: Anyways, so our, our uh, junior uh, guy, we'll give him Beast of the Week. That's pretty good. His whole school, his team deserves Beast of the Week. Uh, oh, definitely. A huge uh, upset there. Uh, so who you got? Who's Who's going all the way? Where are the upsets?
2: I got Alabama.
3: Tough. Yeah. It's
2: my bracket. It's been doing well. Third place in our company league. He,
3: he picked Furman over SDSU though. So don't trust him. He's fading us hard.
2: Want him to keep going.
3: Yeah. Alabama is Al- a
0: front runner school. I mean, it's popular to take them. I'd have to take them as well. But if we're a non front runner spot, I'd take
3: Gonzaga.
2: That's a good, yeah.
3: Yeah, good job. Going to give back to UCLA. That's that's the big one coming up this week. I like
2: Texas. I like Texas as a non runner. if we're going to do that. Yeah. yeah.
3: All right. Uh,
0: March Madness starts again tomorrow. Uh, thanks to Nick Bright for joining us. The, the time flew by on his segment and uh, Sports Injury Central, the Sick Insights. Uh, follow us or subscribe to the YouTube stuff and the podcast. And uh, thanks for watching and listening.